As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. Today's episode of Android's Dungeon. Joker. <laughs> Let's put a smile. Smile. <laughs> How is it? Any good? Maybe we'll talk about it. Cottage games. Games at the cottage. Some were played, some were not. You never know. Stay tuned. Welcome to CFRU 93.3 FM from University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario, Milky Way Galaxy, Planet Earth. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, whose five-year mission. Now, I'm doing Picard, but I'm doing the uh, original series introduction, <laughs> which Joel, of course, picked up on. Obviously. Uh, Android's Dungeon is a show about books, movies, games, uh, sometimes movies that we've literally just walked out from, and literally can be used in this case, I think, uh, because we may or may not have just left the theater and driven instantly to the university. Yeah. Um, we saw a morning, a Thursday morning. Thursday morning. <laughs> Joker. <laughs> we, we, we took a... Uh, <laughs> I can't believe people clapped at the end. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Don't clap at the end of movies. Well, it's like... All right, fine. If you really enjoyed it. Well, but this... Right, here, here's the thing. If you were at a premiere of a movie, yes, you should the, clap. Yes, and the director was there. Someone's there representing the no, film. Hmm, I wonder if they liked it. Okay, they clapped. But I, you know what? I, I was wondering, because it was a semi-busy theater, and w- as soon as it ended, I thought... Is there going to be clapping? It's like the movie ended, and immediately I wondered if there was going to be clapping. I haven't heard clapping in a movie. It's been a while. In a long time. Maybe that speaks to the uh, impression this particular flick had on people. Yeah. But The general uh, milieu of mi- the time. Milieu. <laughs> <laughs> the zeitgeist. The <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> the, the, the Sturm und Drang. Of, Bringing uh, it back. Yeah, right. Uh, so... We're going to give you our thoughts on Joker, which is currently making tons of money and bears <laughs> its 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 success has Big, nothing to do with us. So. Biggest October movie. So I could tell you it's time. the worst movie or the greatest movie of all time, and it wouldn't make a damn difference. I got, uh, I think I showed you, but Megan McNeil, a friend of the yeah, show. Yeah, I saw that. Said, worst movie she's ever seen. <laughs> ever seen. <laughs> oh, that's what I was thinking. Okay, maybe you didn't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of really bad movies. Have you seen Geely? <laughs> Geely? Oh, is that the uh, Jennifer Lopez one? Jennifer Lopez, Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck. Oh, man. I, I watched it deliberately because it was reputed to be so bad. Is but it, it wasn't bad in a good way like Room. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just boring not, and miserable. Hold on. We have to make a quick clarification there. Joel said Room, which is a different <laughs> flick with yeah. uh, Captain Marvel. 
uh, this, we're talking <laughs> we're talking about the room <laughs> yeah the room the famously bad the room so there's good bad movies and then there are bad movies and I think Roger Ebert we're getting off track here Roger Ebert uh, famously <laughs> said and I always this is what I try to stick with when I remember to do it is that he, when he set down the review movie he said what what did he think the, the director and the actors and everyone was trying to do with the movie and how well did they succeed in it, in this in uh, in achieving this vision on screen, and that was one of these guidelines he went. Obviously, he never or he didn't always stick with it. Like he famously hated Wild at Heart, for example. But uh, despite it being, I think, as true a <laughs> vision of what David Lynch was trying to get on the film as possible. But well, Siskel and Ebert were always known to be completely objective and not, <laughs> not bringing their personal biases into the reviews. But it's it's still like we've we've talked about reviewers plenty of times on this show, and it extends beyond just movies. It, uh, books, music, uh, board games. The the trick is to find someone you like yep. and you agree with. I'm not saying find an echo chamber. I'm saying find someone you, you watch a movie and you agree with their assessment of it, good or bad. Yep. And I say when if they have a proven track record of sort, uh, use them as a barometer. And you Don't, do this with games. Do this with games too because if it's like if you go and I love Rado. Yeah, I love tell, him a lot. Tell us why you like Rado. Because he mo- he plays two player games. It's obvious. <laughs> he le- he plays with his wife who may or may not exist. And he's uh, fairly enthusiastic. He's super too. enthusiastic and this and but almost to a fault. And I really like Rado and I like what he does and I find his energy really good and I'll, like uh, if he does a final thoughts video on a game that I'm interested in I really want to hear what he says, especially about the two player section cause, <laughs> yeah. and de- designers have taken his notes to heart apparently and said like, "Oh, thanks Rado, we never considered that. We'll try to implement this or do something like that." So uh, Tom Bass did that with us too. Yeah, absolutely. They just they're sitting there patient like right now. Uh, Jamie is sweating about Viticulture's uh, grape deck. Grape deck, yeah. He's, he's, oh, why didn't I tell him to pick from three? <laughs> we, we've gone through it so many times. It's just anyway. Uh, find someone you like and use them as a barometer. I'm not saying trust them as the word of God, but if generally speaking, just like if you find somebody who has a similar taste in music as you, you can hear the recommendations and hear what they think about something. And it doesn't mean like, so if Joel came to me tomorrow and said, Jack, um, uh, this movie's the greatest move of all time. I'd say, wow, Joel, that is quite the endorsement. I'm going to see it. Yep. Uh, I'm not going in there because I know Joel is 100% correct because I am 100% correct, not Joel. It's, it's my decision. <laughs> if but Jack it, disagrees with me, it's okay. He can be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's a great endorsement. And it means at, le- at the very minimum, it's interesting. Yep. Very, very bare minimum. And because fi- it's made an impact. It's least. made an impact of some yep. sort, positive or negative. And the, f- the true failure, I think, in... Um, in any form of artistic expression or or maybe just expression at all is just forgettable. Yeah, I think that's a true failure. And that goes to the, the famous, uh, um, I don't know if altruism is the right word, or phrase, word for it, but um, typically if you ask somebody, what's the opposite of love, Joel? It's indifference. It's indifference. <laughs> it's just nothing. Yeah. And that's in t- typically the, uh, a lot of people forget this, is hell isn't necessarily this this flaming pit. Uh, with uh, the devil poking your butt the whole time. Uh, hell is typically described as absence of God. Yep. That's that's what hell truly is supposed to imply, uh, at least in the Judeo-Christian sense of, of the, <laughs> yeah. the word. So indifference, that's the worst, and that's yeah. what truly is bad. So saying <laughs> Joker <laughs> is the worst movie you've ever seen. That's 
I, I think that... That means you're passionate you're about You're extremely it. passionate. And now I'm intrigued and yeah. I want to know more. That movie made an impact The movie made her, an impact. And I'm going to talk to her about it and find out what it was. I'm going to browbeat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a, f- a friend of ours about her <laughs> poor taste and uh, poor reviewing skills. And then corner poor. Brett. Hey! All right. In the lunchroom. <laughs> Gotta have 20 beers and then really get going. <laughs> Knock on their door. <laughs> have a pistol in your hand. You got some nerve. <laughs> you got some nerve. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, it's infectious. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? No, we're, I'm, let's Kinda taunt them. Fun, let's though, taunt them, Joel. So we're going to talk about Joker, but we got to do the board the game part for show. Yeah, we got to do This is a show about games. Have some respect. For God's sake. Show some respect. <laughs> it's funny. Yesterday I was playing soccer <laughs> and uh, I tried to turn past this girl, this tiny girl. Uh, I was defending and I tried to get Joel, by this her. is going live on air. Be careful. When she got, she got And she she reached out with her foot and she kicked the ball away from me. Yeah. It looked like she was going to get a breakaway, but, you know, like she's small and slow. So yeah. I got ball up to the ball first. But yeah. D- Dave was taunting me. He said, Joel, come on, man. Yeah. And I was like, show her some respect. <laughs> Shut up, Dave. <laughs> she got, she got the ball. Yeah, yeah. It was a good steal. She just look. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to run me, but you you delayed whatever I was up to for a bit. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Um. So as as far as board games go, I'll start. I'll get the ball rolling. Yeah. Because I got to finally try Wingspan. Joel brought it to the cottage. Um. On the weekend, we had some people down, and Joel brought a couple of games. Uh, one of which was Wingspan, which we've talked about a couple times on the show. It's still impossible to get. Can't find it anywhere. I think uh, really? you, it's the French edition was floating around briefly, which maybe you would enjoy. But generally speaking, I think there's enough text on the cards that um, I would feel ripped off not understanding the little well, factoids. Know, I know Elizabeth Hargra- Hargrave, and if you want, I could talk to her. Have a little she chat with her. She signed my box. <laughs> You're basically besties. <laughs> yeah. um, so we played it. We played with five players. And um, my walk away with the five-player game was it was fine. Yeah. I, I didn't mind it. Um, I think five-player is not the right count for it. And mm-hmm. I was actually thinking about it later is that I don't know if I'd ever play any Tableau Builder uh, above three. It I really think lengthens it, the game. Yeah, too. and especially because, and this is the same thing, I've done it with um, Unfair too many times, and I, I keep regretting it every time, but I, I like the game a lot. But it's another Tableau Builder. Um, but exponential time increase with players going on and um especially a game like uh wingspan with a bunch of newbies maybe with five people who knew exactly what they were doing it, it would be it would go quicker but with five people who didn't know what they're doing especially me who i'm slow on a good day is the chaining these moves and doing all this stuff but it's almost like as soon as i take my turn you might as well just start doing your thing because i don't think whatever i'm doing is going to affect you although i was kind of slow with grabbing some birds from the the pile so that Mm. could maybe if you were really like waiting on something and i'm just oh hold on i need to i was going to take that that maybe that would slow things down too but sometimes also (laughs) your there's actions like oh everybody take food so yeah yeah, and you got to remind people too and that's the th- that's like you talking about a, a tableau builder, but like any Euro game, I think with five players, the problem in it is that you're still playing the exact same game yourself. You're just doing it much less frequently. Mm, that's a good way to put it. And I think the that I think this is getting back to my issue with these middleweight euros that are because uh, frankly the the interaction wingspan is non-existent beyond you did something. Oh, hold on a sec. 
I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback off this, this, yeah. this action you did, whether it's putting a bird into like you had with uh, putting, putting something into the marsh, I'm going to get something from this. Or every time somebody lays an egg, okay. Every other time, which is kind of a wonky rule. It's like, hold on. Did I do it? Did, who went? Hold one, two, three. Yeah. Okay. I got it. I can do this now. Um, you're still just playing yourself. It's, it's kind of the multiplayer solitaire experience. So like you're saying, it's like if I'm doing my turn and then just kind of waiting for everyone else to kind of go around the line. So it's it's the same game, just less of it and longer. But um, it was it, uh, right away the game grabs you. The art's fantastic on these cards. It's adorable. This really great uh, sense of like the person who made the game cares about birds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a you, they're not just sandbagging you on their love of ornithology, I think is what it's uh, called. Yeah. Um, and you have, uh, this lovely area you're dropping the birds down onto and you get a sense of you're actually accomplishing something when you, because actually it's, it, it does something that I think, um, Sigmire, I keep saying Stigmire, 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 whatever, uh, Stonemare games, uh, have kind of really fallen into, which is the, the upgrading of actions. It's like when you, mm. you do this thing and the next time you do, it, it's going to be better. Things and get it, better. it feels good. To, it's like you're actually seeing progress and like things are getting better and you're doing more things, which always feels great in a game to feel yeah. like you're actually doing more things. Simultaneously, the game is making it so you do one less thing, which is, I don't think it feels as constraining, maybe as, uh, as it should. It's almost better because uh, <clears throat> at that point in the game, your decisions get more important and then you're really hamstrung. Yeah. And so if you're only doing five things. Yeah. So you're really. It's almost a punishment, too, because in a sense that if you're playing against someone who, uh, and I'm not trying to say I was in this position, but if you're playing against someone who is, you are doing great and they're doing poorly, removing cubes from them is just a kick in the nuts because okay. they're not going to come back from this. And you're just like, well, I, things are going great for me, so take away one of my cubes. It's like, I'm still just going to be continuing on with this. So I'm not sure if, and you've played way more games of this than I have. Um, do you find there's like a catch up at all? Or if you're behind, you're behind. That's it. I think that the scoring can be surprising. Like sometimes it feels like one of you is doing much better than the other. Mm -hmm. And even in function, like the things you're doing, you can be doing more. Yeah. But because there's such a variance in the ways to get points, uh, like there's games where I thought I was way ahead and I still lost. Yeah. All right. So in that sense, then it's maybe just a... The, the, my my newbies uh, glazed eyes at the game because I felt like yeah. it's just if you haven't got your things set up by the third round you're in trouble it was painful t to me because obviously you were a little bit blind going into the game as to what to expect it was painful to me to see you have to in order to play your birds I think you took like three or four take a single food action yes. at the beginning of the game. And it, I was, was like, oh, it was brutal. That's a lot of actions. And, th and that was going to be my second <laughs> thing was that if I found it interesting that they have, so essentially you have currency of four types. Um, yeah. And depending on what's drawn, been pulled out of the deck and what you start with, um, you could, and not even just that, what your friends or opponents have been taking with their, because everyone's drawing from the same pool. So I found just through, I think, dumb luck that typically when it got around to me, 
There was nothing in the feeder that I wanted, and there are typically two or three dice in there, and I'm just staring at it, and my actions became extremely inefficient and frustrating versus yeah. other people who seem to be, oh, you did this, well, I'm going to take a food from this. And it's like, well, yeah. I can't even get to that point because I can't even get the food I need to put down the, this bloody bird. So like you're saying, the I think there were three or four actions almost in a row where it was just like, take a food. Yeah, wait and for the food. In two player, obviously you two get player, pretty yeah. much what you want. Yeah, but in, but that's in that just one, the it's tough. Yeah, just the victim of the multiplayer game. But anyway, I'm more than happy to try it again, and I I was so happy I got to finally try it. Yeah, um, it's 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 still a good game. I mean, yeah. like Stonemire, Charter Stone, whatever you feel about Charter Stone. Yeah. Um, the hits keep coming. I think to be honest, it would take it's it's almost in Marvel movie territory. Which bear with me for <laughs> a second here. Lose. You you just put it out. Even if somebody says the worst one of all time, it's still gonna sell copies. Because as far as I'm concerned, well, I'd like to see the numbers on Charterstone, but I think Charterstone was a giant whew, swing and a miss. As I far would as say I'm that concerned. Wingspan is is a pretty big departure for for them. Yeah, well, because it's not his game too either. Artistically and design wise, it's yeah. it's all you can see them all over it. But as far as the gameplay goes, that's a pretty different game. I think we're gonna see more. Um, turning into kind of check games edition style things of um, there's the obviously the lead designer like your your Vlada to your Jamie, yeah. Uh, but you're gonna see other guys kind of like coming in here, and doing their own things under the under the brand of uh, Stonemare. But anyway, Wingspan that was my impression of that. Um, and then uh, the same day we got to I got the try game we talked about on the show too, which was that's my fish. Hey, that's my fish. And that one was because uh, I was complaining about the player count in Wingspan being too much. Whereas with Hey, That's My Fish, I was thinking yeah. we needed more people because Joel and I played it two players. Oh, that's my fish. And I felt like this is an adorable little game. I didn't realize it was so tiny. I was expecting a big box. Yeah. Um, and like uh, we talked about on the show, the premise is you, you have a bunch of penguins and you're moving them around on this these hex- hexagonal grid of like seven by seven or something. And each of these little tiles you randomly arrange and they have a certain amount of fish on them. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to move your penguins, and they can only move like bishops, essentially. Um, or I guess bishops are queens. I'm not sure what the uh... straight line. But any any direction of the hex, yeah, it's kind of it's a weird one. Eh? Anyway, they can only you're basically you're moving in a straight line. So you and but you you can't like go up and then over. You always have to go because imagine like you're sliding on ice. That's the what they're trying to do. Uh, uh, the theme of it, and wherever you end. Um, when you move that penguin again, it becomes uh, uh, open water. And your opponents can't move through open water, and they can't move through your pieces. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to block your opponent off, and you're trying to grab as much fish as possible. And um, I thought it was adorable. Absolutely adorable. And it's one of those games where it's like, okay, I could play this with a, with a six-year-old. Everyone would understand And they'd have it. fun. Yeah. But there's definitely like a – there's some – tough decisions. It could get, and that's what worried me because as soon as I started, like I think it was about halfway through and I started thinking, oh man, is someone who's way smarter than me can math this out in two seconds <laughs> and it could yeah. turn into an exercise of just, uh, but that's where the chaos comes can, in. You can see what you did, right? Which was smart was you found like a, a too rich field. Like yeah. a, when I say too, uh, basically there's all <clears> these hexes <throat> around and we're removing the hexes every time we move off of them and the hexes either have three fish on them, two fish, or one fish. And so obviously at the beginning of the game, everybody makes a, a rush for the three fish uh, spots, and the, rightfully so. But then you got to decide where on the where where am I going to cut off the map and try to cut off the map and, and take... Because eventually you just get cut off from your enemies, and then you just take what's left. Yeah. 
Um, and you found that the top right had a lot of two fish and that really, uh, like even if we had reasonably close uh, sizes of map coming out of the game, that section was much richer. Mostly accidents. I yeah. was just kind of dumping fit, uh, the penguins all over the place. But it, but like Joel's saying, there is strategy where you, because you, initially you get to put your penguins wherever you like, but just because you put them there doesn't mean they're going to end there. And you can get in this thing where, and that's where the name comes in. Hey, that's my fish. Of You're trying to go for something, and then somebody skates on over to it and blocks you. And not only blocks you, but ends up cutting you off an entire section of the map. And you go, hey, that's my fish, Joel. Hey, that's my fish. And then you get into a fight, and then you get thrown <laughs> out of the brewery. Of and, but I think with three or four people, especially if you had a couple drinks, I think that could turn into a game where it's it's just chaotic and, and wild. And, and it's quick. Really quick, tiny package. It's about the. I want to say it's almost the size of uh, Valley of the Kings. Now that I think about it, I wonder if there's a standard, um, uh, the old edition, not the fancy uh, deluxe version that Joel has. So fancy guy. Uh, so that was that's my. Fi- hey, that's my fish. Highly endorse it. Were yeah. you? Uh, well, I just I I, my mind was cast back when you said check games, and I and I was like, oh, I wonder if it's out yet because, I really speaking of games that came out of Gen Con that I've been wanting you to play for a while. Letter Jam. Oh, I heard people talking about it. Yeah, October twenty eighth. So it's Is obviously fifteen it's, bucks on it's Amazon. Being released on like the second day of Essen, right? Yeah. And obviously they had a bunch of copies at Gen Con, and we tried to get them on Friday morning, and they're already sold out. But uh, it looks like it's going to be fourteen ninety nine. It's a pretty good. Is price. this on dot com or dot cm? This is a uh, oh this is dot com yeah damn it Joel you do this every time <laughs> anyway so move the, to America and just then we'll, we'll use this as our baseline fifteen U S on Amazon dot com which plus, plus nineteen ninety nine shipping oh it's only twenty dollars shipping uh, it's only and maybe twice as much some maybe. duty some duty yeah so well, we've got give a me story a for you coming yeah, up we'll give you a second so. Uh, use that as a baseline, $15 US on Amazon.com for Letter Jam, um, an Android's Dungeon-approved game, uh, just like Wingspan that Jack hasn't played yet, but, uh, well, hadn't played at the time. But yeah. um, Well, you've got, uh, <clears throat> what was the one with the with the fishing ports and the walls? Um, you kind of said it was Catan-esque. You hadn't played it for a while. It took Ragusa. a long time to arrive. Yeah, there Ragusa. we go. Ragusa. You, so you got Ragusa under the belt. You've got Wingspan under the belt. You're almost caught up. We're almost getting We there. just need <clears throat> Letter Jam, and it's it's a, it's a light party game anyway. Um, but it should arrive in Canada around November 12th. So just keep your keep your, go visit J&J's or somewhere, and I, if you called them up, they could tell you right away, because I guarantee, or maybe go into Board Game Bliss or 401, I guarantee they have a pre-order section <clears throat> for if, those games. If you're looking for a Christmas present and you oh, trust us interesting. even remotely, uh, you can put yourself <laughs> on a list for this game, and you're not going to regret it. Interesting. That's a huge endorsement, Joel. If there's a lot of crying children at Christmas time, <laughs> this could be your what fault. What is Ladder John? This sucks. I wanted Call of Duty 8. <laughs> You screwed me, Grandma. <laughs> no zombie version in this <laughs> zombie one. Ver- oh, oh, you can spell the word zombie, kid. <laughs> nice try, <Joel. laughs> Just a bunch of angry children. And last... Oh, did you pick this up at SN2, Catacomb? Uh, at Gen Con, yeah. Gen Con, excuse me. Um, final game we got to half play was the, the new... Sp- special version of the uh, exit series yep. which are the escape rooms in a box that i think we I've, we've got one that's unopened we haven't played waiting for i think maybe when the room is done or something oh, nice. i forget which one it is um but i picked it up um but this is the special two-parter and it's mm-hmm. a bigger box and it's the catacombs of horror 
and it's a spookier themed one, even though some of them are fairly spooky. Like the, the Arctic yep. um, base one kind of was, yeah. had something going on on that Creepy. one. Creepy. Um, Joel, what'd you think of the first half of this one? No spoilers. I loved it. I'll, I'll just give you what you can get off of the box. Um, there's a candle in this one. Which we didn't Which get is the really line. funny <laughs> because they had to put about nine different warnings on the bottom of the box because of, uh, you know, somebody might sue them for using a candle and then burning the thing down, which reminds me when we were talking about uh, the RPGs and we were talking about 10 candles and how yeah. we wanted to play it at Gen Con, but they couldn't because if you light a candle at Gen Con, insurance is not going to accept it. Yeah. Ruining all our fun. Bunch of stiff-ass Brits. But uh, the game... Ran a lot like the other games. This is uh, the hardest rated one we've played yet. The only one that was approaching this was the castle, which is infamously the worst one. Everybody hates the castle. Um, But I think Marcus and Inga know that, and they've learned their lesson. This one is hard but fair. And this is a third guy, too. It's not just uh, Marcus and Inga. It's um, Yeah, which apparently he was the guy that that inspired the whole thing. Oh, really? And he's kind of been, uh, he asked them to make it. And they agreed. Interesting. And now they've made a whole bunch of money. This is definitely, if I was Cosmos, I'd be just, thank you. So if anybody wants to come up to me and ask me to make something and give me a whole bunch of money for it. <laughs> up front. Up front. <laughs> yeah, up front. Because, you know, I don't guarantee results. Yeah. I it's, do guarantee some results, but maybe not expected. I never said they'd be the ones you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's it's... Yeah, I like that you compared it to the castle because this is difficult, but I think generally speaking, we did go through a bunch of hints on a couple of them, but generally speaking, every time we saw the answer, we groaned, oh, like, yeah. oh, we could have, I see it. All right, I'm getting it now. The castle, we looked at answers and we were still just staring, glaring at each other on some of those. We were mad. Like yeah. when we looked at the clue and we found out what it was, we were just come on yeah it's convoluted yeah pointlessly convoluted whereas and, and look we're playing the exit series we know it's not gonna <laughs> necessarily be open door congratulations you've escaped it's yeah. we're, we're expecting a certain level of nonsense but the so far the catacombs there's a lot of nonsense but it's fair nonsense yeah. versus the castle which was just ridiculous and to the and the frustrating part was that you weren't sure if you're even doing something right yeah. because the clues were so useless and you're generally speaking you understand what you're doing but it just you weren't getting any results whereas with this one every time we got and i think we only looked at the clue like total clue answer uh, twice or did we do it once? One time. One time. For the answer. Yeah. And we went, like we had it right in front we, of us. And it's just still beating it. me up. Yeah. <laughs> that was just a, a bit of a heartbreak. But we had it. We were we were 95% of the way there and we just didn't quite get it. Oh, I think part of the problem was we started at 9.30 p.m. That, and we had been drinking all day. That was the other part too was that you don't – you had a bit of like a, a second time clock on this because the longer you sit there banging your head against the wall, the, the, the quicker the – internal candles were burning out and that's the last thing you want to Enthusiasm do because it's not a super exciting game we can all agree on this unless you've got some momentum and you're really feeling like, oh yes we got this okay we're moving oh did, did you see that no i didn't great oh we're moving here <laughs> no <laughs> you can almost see it like uh it's like we all have bars yeah and every time you get an answer it gets recharged yeah and then it's back down just again. slowly starts decreasing on you so um based on 
the and I think the second half is way more content. I could be crazy, but there are, it seemed like there were a lot more oh, yeah. things in there than... There were only five or six clues. Yeah, there are only five or six clues in, in the, the first, first section. And then Zvase says, okay, so this is... you. Did, congrats, you did the first part. It took us an hour, which isn't a long time considering, yeah. but it was shorter than the average one. And then the next one up will be the real... Okay, welcome to the catacombs, baby. Yeah, you're in it now. You're in it now. So that's what we're looking forward to. And um, is there anything else? Yeah, Exit does not disappoint, you know? Like, it's their ninth or tenth title, and... I'm impressed how they manage to keep them going. Yeah. And every year, or every year, there's, like, a new season of Exit Games, like, five or six that come out. So I'm interested if maybe... I'm worried that they might burn out. Um, yeah. I want maybe take a break or just release one or two, but uh, or open it up. See, what, let some other people play around with it, maybe. And I like that it's called the Catacomb of Horrors, and then in D and D, and I thought I thought I was being real secretive, throwing out like a a one e uh, puzzle puzzle dungeon. Everybody recognized right away Jack that we were not. doing the Tomb of Horrors, <laughs> 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 which, if you've ever played D and D, is reputed to be the um, Gary Gygax's hateful response to people that thought they were immortal. In <laughs> Just like instant death traps, though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, it's been adapted. Yeah. Several times. Well, Joel it's did a, not give us instant death traps, by the way. Yeah. And it, I will say that it is in 5e now. It's uh, if you do the. Curse of Strong. Tale, Tales of the Awning Portal. Oh, they you sit in a bar in Waterdeep and a guy tells tales. you stories. Yeah. Then you go play the stories. It's the last one. Is Alex going to run that? Like, he kept saying you wanted to do that. And, Who knows? Yeah. All right. Musical break. We'll be back in a minute. Stay tuned. see trees of green Red roses too I watch them bloom On me and you And I think to myself What a wonderful world I see skies of blue, clouds of white, the bright blessed day, and a dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a The colors of the rainbow So pretty in the sky Are also on the faces Of the people passing by I see friendship Say is I love you. 
hear babies cry I watch them grow They'll learn much more Than I'll ever know And, and I, I think, think to myself What a wonderful world Yes, I think to myself What a You sugar bumps? Who the hell are you? It's me, sugar bumps. Oh, oh! Thank God you're alive. I heard you've been fried. Is that what you heard? You set me up over a woman. A woman you must be insane. <laughs> Don't bother. Your life won't be worth spit! I've been dead once already. It's very liberating. You should think of it as, uh, therapy. <laughs> Jack, listen. Maybe we can cut a deal. Jack? Jack is dead, my friend. You can call me Joker. And as you can see, I'm a lot happier. Give me one reason why I shouldn't have my boy here pull your head off. How about a magic trick? I'm gonna make this pencil disappear. It's... It's gone. Oh, and by the way, the suit, it wasn't cheap. You ought to know, you bought it. Sit. I want to hear proposition. Let's wind the clocks back a year. These cops and lawyers wouldn't dare cross any of you. I mean, what happened? Did your, your balls drop off? Hmm? You see, a guy like me... Freak. A guy like me... Look, listen. I know why you choose to have your 
little <clears throat> group therapy sessions in broad daylight, I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. See, Batman has shown Gotham your true colors, unfortunately. Dent, he's just the beginning. And, and as for uh, the television's so-called plan, Batman has no jurisdiction. He'll find him and make him squeal. I know the squealers when I see them. And... What do you propose? It's simple. We uh, kill the Batman. <laughs> if it's so simple, why haven't you done it already? If you're good at something, never do it for free. How much you will? Uh, half. <laughs> you're crazy. If we don't deal with this now, soon, little uh, Gamble here won't be able to get a nickel for his grandma. Enough from the clown! Ta -ta 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 -ta. Let's not blow this out of proportion. You think you could steal from us and just walk away? Yeah. I'm putting the word out. 500 grand for this clown dead. A million alive, so I can teach him some manners first. All right, so listen, why don't you give me a call when you want to start taking things a little more seriously? Here's my card. Welcome back to CFRU 93.3 FM. What you just heard was two clips from two other movies. And before that, uh, What a Wonderful World by Nick Cave with uh, Ian, uh, or Shane McGowan, uh, a, an Irishman from the Pogues who's infamous for, uh, according to Cave, uh, dropping 30 hits of acid and then showing up on stage and becoming alive as a musician <laughs> after that. But uh, after that, what you heard was Jack Nicholson as still one of my favorite portrayals. Uh, kind of a, I don't know how to put it. What is it about Jack Nicholson's uh, Joker that is so appealing? Uh, do you like it, Joel? Yeah, it's just like a shameless self-confidence. Yeah, just a truly arrogant. He's like a super gangster, but he's psychotic, yeah. but not in like the an overblown way. He's just super arrogant. Uh, exactly. But he's, he's a maniac. He's got a he's got a pistol with a giant barrel. <laughs> the, right? the super magnet that takes what down does the that bat. Mean to you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and then followed up, of course, by uh, Heath Ledger's uh, Academy Award-winning performance. Yeah. <laughs> As I noticed he didn't play any clips from Jared Leto's Suicide Squad Joker. Uh, that exists? I, I don't think it exists. You know what? Let's, let's agree that it doesn't. <laughs> Some people really liked it. I'm not one of them. I no. was more distracted I was by everything going on. Awful. Just very bizarre and just... Not sure what was going on in that decision, but speaking of airplane movies, <laughs> did you watch that? Suicide airplane? Squad. What's with airplanes in these big blockbusters? That even if you dislike Suicide Squad, and I saw it in theaters, and I like. Um, at least it's intended for a theater. Yeah, watching that on a tiny airplane screen, I think might it's either the best way or the worst <laughs> way to watch that that cruddy movie. It gets it out of the way. Yeah, just like <laughs> check that box. Um, yeah, I've seen it. And then I, I didn't feel like loading up any of the '60s Batman uh, for yeah. Cesar. Uh, but who, who's if you're gonna 
I think that... Or Mark Hamill, of course. I don't know if you watched Neighbors, but it was like uh, the first one, Seth Rogen. And yeah, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> they're arguing about who's the Batman. Who's the best Batman? Christian Bale. I'm, I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. It's <laughs> <laughs> just doing... <laughs> like, so, you know, you can argue about who's Batman to you, but uh, who's who's the Joker to you? It's honestly... Uh, now there's three. Yeah. Because it, three people have done such a good job with it that now there are three. And let's get right into the meat of it. Uh, Joel and I just saw Joker uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin. Christopher Joaquin Phoenix. Incidentally, uh, <clears throat> Harry's god in D&D. That's right. And I, Joaquin. Is it spelled that way too? It's W-A-U-K-E-E-N. Oh, okay. Screw it. No, he's gone. <laughs> he's cut. Um, and... So, quick rundown for people who don't know. Uh, Joker is a movie all about um, an incel who gets real angry and shoots up a movie theater. <laughs> At least that's Which what, the, what they were worried about. It's one of the dumbest controversies I've ever heard. It's And what I was reading about is they almost seem disappointed that nobody actually yeah. was angry enough about fictional clown man to shoot up a movie theater. Based on this weird thing about the Dark Knight and... Um, because what's his name shot up a Dark Knight screening, but because he's a crazy person, they associate. Regardless, but since when is violence a concern? Like we've seen, nobody was uh, protesting Mandy. Right? I was gonna <laughs> say Mandy was the first thing that came to mind. It's like nobody's sitting there wondering about the sociopaths coming to see Mandy and then just shooting up the Midsummer or any of these movies. Mostly because if they did, there wouldn't be many people shoot up <laughs> because it's not exactly a busy theater. Um, no, but it, all jokes aside, uh, all jokes aside, all jokes about mass shootings <laughs> aside, want to hear a joke? Want to hear? A jo- oh, that was funny. <laughs> I had a, I had a good chuckle at that actually. So, Joker is uh, from Todd Phillips, Todd the Hangover, Todd Old School Phillips. Yeah. And as soon as this was announced that he was directing it, immediately this this cold flop sweat appeared <laughs> over me, and I thought yeah. it's done. We, but uh, um, spoiler alert! Alert. Uh, he pulled it off, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. It's not a perfect movie. It's got its problems. But in general, um, I walked out feeling glad I saw it. And there's some interesting stuff going on in it. And I think technically it's fairly well made. Joel, what are your thoughts on Joker? Well, before we jump into this movie, I just want to add that there's four Jokers to me. Okay. Because of Mark Hamill, when I was growing up, exactly. was fantastic. Batman Animated Series, I forgot all about, uh, yeah. which is, I should have put in a clip there, because he, Batman Animated Series, the I definitive think. definitive voice. Oh, easy. Easy definitive voice. Of, and he can still do it. Even though I think he's, he said he's pretty much retired the voice at this point, because I think maybe he'll, he brings it back every now and then. Just for a joke. As a joke. Just but to uh, make fun of Donald Trump. Yeah, right. Um... <laughs> But in general, like you're saying, he was... The Batman anime series is incredible. It's just to put in perspective, watch an episode or two today and be astounded at how good it still is. Yeah. And it's also one of the few shows to, as far as I know, have a fully um, or orchestrated score for a cartoon series, really? which you would listen to and you go, oh, the music's actually incredible on this. And Danny Elfman yeah. reprises his fantastic Batman theme from the Michael Keaton Batman's for like this adapted version for the TV series and watching the intro I'll, I'm gonna say it I get pumped up watching that <laughs> intro it's just so oh, it's really perfect yeah. absolutely perfect but sorry Joel what oh, did you think of Joker um I loved it yeah I I, I know mm-hmm. that you we talk about analysis paralysis a lot on the show 
about uh about games and like trying to make decisions about uh what what to do in a game for me when i walk out of a movie theater i have a really hard time assessing it immediately Mm -hmm. and so you know usually it'll take me like two or three days of like thinking if it's a good movie it'll take me two or three days if i watch a garbage movie i'm ready to to slam it immediately this movie like i'm gonna have to walk away and think about for a while but Mm -hmm. first impressions uh artistically beautiful um sort of their uh, the arc that they decided to make as far as his transition and, and what inspires w- one event to another. Flawless. Like, I, I don't have any problems with it. Um, it wasn't a perfect movie. Um, but uh, the Joaquin was... <laughs> well, let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's just stop right there and say there's, there's one reason why this movie works, and it's because of Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. And... Um, I'm not sure how much he was let off the leash to just kind of do what he wanted to or interpret the character or if uh, Todd Phillips was sitting there telling him, listen, Joaquin, I don't even know what Todd Phillips sounds like. I'm doing a soft 80s Trump by accident on this, but I'm going to keep doing it. Listen, Joaquin, what you got to do is you have to go in there and you got to act all crazy, right? You got to really, really play it up and act well, you nuts. You do a lot of laughing and frowning. You've got this problem and you laugh when you shouldn't laugh and it upsets people and you, you're antisocial. Do you get it? Yeah, and man, that was a that was a really good way to get that sort of. Um, we all know Joker, yeah, in some way or another. It was such a good way to get that character out there from a normal person because it's hard to imagine Joker as a normal person, right? Because he's always been overblown. We always see these like origin stories or these cartoon, literal cartoon representations with Mark Hamill. Yeah, and no, I don't. As far as I know, I've never seen anybody say oh he has a condition where he has to laugh no it's and i think that's obviously something that was put in here for the movie's sake to just yeah, kind of give i think the, it's new and i think it's it was a really good idea mm-hmm. it worked it yeah. worked it made him unsettling i will say maybe in we were talking about the sort of sort of uh with us and how when uh lupita's uh shadow starts talking it's very unnerving mm. not necessarily in a good way at first, for me, the laughing was unnerving and not necessarily in a good way, too, because and I don't know whether this is just for me. It didn't. It, it, maybe I wanted more of it. You got to ease me into it a bit more. Yeah. Whereas this time it's like, boom, like I think in the first scene, he's borderline doing stuff like that. Like he's doing his finger in the mouth stuff. But it, afterward, he's kind of doing his laugh at the his, his psychologist or whatever you want yeah. to call her. And. It doesn't make any sense at that time to me, and I just wasn't quite sure what was going on. But True, yeah. I mean, it's it throws you right into it without <clears> any <throat> explanation, but you get there. And, um, like... <laughs> He's just so good. It's, I don't he know li- what to say about The it. movie lives and dies on Joaquin Phoenix's yeah. uh, acting in it, and he, he nails it. Is I don't think there's anything in say beyond maybe... Um, maybe some directing decisions because Joel and I were walking out. We were saying like he dances a bit too much. We think yeah. or and like might as well just say a spoilers alert. If you want to see this movie, just stop talk or stop listening to us and go see it, and then uh, tell all your friends about us, and then come and listen to the show again because it's kind of difficult to talk about this without going kind of a little bit in the story here. But uh, there are periods where traumatic things happen to him in a sense, and then. He does this borderline like Tai Chi. Uh, um, the old, yeah, I feel like 
That's probably like he watched a bunch of old clowns like from back in the 50s on TV or something. Yeah, this. And he came up with this dance. Yeah. And the director loved it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they just did it. And they kept it in there. But they, they really go on for a while, too. Yeah. And um, I think this is maybe my getting into my main problem with it is that I think a, it's not a subtle movie. And no. maybe there there's some more themes to it that I might be missing. But as far as like its message goes, I think it's fairly. It's right in the face, um, yeah. and you can. There's more s- quieter stuff about the. I think the subtlety might come out of the stuff about like okay, um, this they're cutting social services. This is obviously a very sick man, and he can't get his medication anymore, yeah. and he's being picked on. It's a story about Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's, like, it's about CFRU, actually. This is like, yeah. so. Remember, vote actually, for. <laughs> yeah, our funds are being cut, aren't they? So, but I think more it, it, um, it it's 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 more about every, and this is kind of what Joel and I are going to get into in a second here. But it's all about people being squeezed and squeezed and squeezed and mm. feeling helpless until um, people kind of snap in certain ways. Something's got to give. Something's got to give, and. In the case of this movie, uh, we have a man who gets squeezed and squeezed and squeezed until he pops and out comes this uh, psycho. Yeah, but at the same time, the rest of the city too. Yeah, exactly. There's this like it's, um, it, it's this is it the I guess it's the fall. There's a garbage strike on. Um, I, I guess people are poor or having trouble finding jobs or something because yeah. I didn't really get, that was a part of it that I thought all the social funding has been cut yeah it just times are tough in Gotham City I guess what's his name the super wealthy Wayne Thomas Wayne Thomas Wayne <clears throat> is uh, running for mayor and he's saying some disparaging things about the poor on television uh, but at the same time it's like <laughs> it's, <laughs> they're up to no good they're, they're all clowns <laughs> like they well they sure showed him I know they Taught him a lesson. <laughs> Say mean things about me, will you? Calling me violent, will you? All right, I guess I'm going to shoot your family. But anyway, yeah, and I mean, getting into the comic book side of things, then if you if you're going to talk about shooting Bruce yeah. Wayne's family, obviously there's a lot of stories there. Yeah, uh, I guess we kind of know who did it. It's yeah. the just a thug what's his with name a... who who comes back, but. Hell, maybe he was inspired by the Joker on the night that he came out as a serial killer. Sure. That's what, uh, you know, maybe Hot this take. is, they're setting this up for the Robert Pattinson uh, remake here or the reboot. Maybe yeah. they're brothers. Well, whatever. Um, but it's also a very, I think it's a very pretty movie in the sense of, I think there are a couple of times that I was just looking at it and you could almost hit pause and to be like, mm. okay, print screen. This is really nice. And just, you could do that a couple of times. And there's this real sense of the city being, you, you, this really slummy um, 70s or 80s interpretation of New York mm. City and it's dangerous and it's dirty and uh, people are struggling to make ends meet um, yeah. you can kind of forget that it's kind of a comic-y world it's yeah it doesn't feel comic-y to me at all and yet in a way it's like everything that's happening is so extreme that yeah. you know it is yeah and there's obvious parallels to kind of the real world event stuff going on here because you have the semi occupy wall street uh, attitude yep. going on here because all all <laughs> because he shoots three yuppies on a train and that's enough like yeah, that's the real they're heroes <laughs> they're, they're heroes yeah he was telling himself he was a hero. Yeah. So things happen, and the story moves on, and you end up with, um, I find, for the third act, I really felt 
uh, that's when it really grabbed me because I was with him for the first first um, two thirds. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but by the third, after he puts on his, um, uh, after he's kind of uh, released himself into the wild and yeah. um, really let loose, for me, that's when I really got yanked into this movie a little more viscerally. And there's some yeah. the violence cranks up a bit. I don't think it's extreme by any stretch. There is some. Um, pretty violent uh, repeated bashings of heads and smotherings and and that was the thing is like uh, I liked that there was a, that sort of jump into the into the TV at the beginning where he believed that, was great. that he was yeah. on the show because I thought is this going to be like a like a a Requiem for a Dream kind of thing where right. he, he was never called. Right, right, he's right. He's not going to be on the show and yeah. this is all in his head yeah. or what but uh that's one of the things I really enjoy about the movie. This is coming out just me talking about it now. Yeah. I hadn't thought about this before. We're just spitballing here, folks. I had no idea where the movie was going. Right. Right. There's a lot of movies where you know what's happening next. Well, you, you, can, know, you, you can, can kind read of the feel beats. it. Yeah. Not a clue in this movie yeah. as to what was going to happen next. I almost wish, and this is a big spoiler here, but it's not as big as it, it could be, but I wish they had either cut or better developed the side plot with his neighbor. Absolutely. He... She, if, at the moment she said, what are you doing here? Like, I know you. Yeah. That could have been the end of that scene and it would have been great. Yeah. I would have loved it. Especially but like him walking away Exactly, because the they didn't trust us. And that's yeah. the problem here is that... They had to be too explicit. They had to come back and like, huh? You remember huh? those moments? Huh? It's like, oh, yeah, really? Come on, we got it. Well, and it, it was but already, yeah, it was already kind of weighing on you a bit because it's like, really? He just, she just did the. Okay, fine, whatever. Maybe yeah. it works. But uh, there's that was the only really obvious part where I don't know if that was a studio thing where it's like the audience isn't going to get it. <laughs> it's yeah. like, okay, fine. The other thing with the analysis with his mom. Yeah. Like, okay, so you're going to show her as a younger person. Is this person in the room with her, uh, you know, a goon hired by Wayne, the Waynes to, you know, get this story yeah. in order? Because no one else is asking the story yeah. except for, you know, his alleged son. Right. So that years later. big spoiler here. One of the main plot points of the movie is that there there's this ambiguity as to whether um, Arthur Fleck, Joker's mom, uh, was knocked up by Thomas Wayne, and therefore he's Bruce Wayne's half-brother. Um, yeah. The movie all but says he isn't because there's this evidence that uh, the mother is insane and she adopted him and all this stuff. But at the same time, like Joel was just saying, whether this... Was it a grand conspiracy? Was there a grand conspiracy? Because he, he is the most wealthy man in Gotham City, and uh, like this is him shoving her away. And uh, He's got this picture... Yeah, I love the way you smile or something. Yeah, you. But then I, so I saw this like, oh, is that supposed to be like it's possibly true, or was it just she's so crazy she wrote on the, her own picture and <laughs> said more things? So it's I think it's it's it would have been better if it was more ambigu ambiguous ambiguous. But as it is, it's still pretty ambiguous. Yeah. So. And I like that. I like that the yeah. writers don't even know where the Joker came from. Yeah, I like that he never seems to really know what he where he came from, or he'll just lie. Yeah, like in in Heath Ledger's Joker, I loved the when the origin story changing. Oh, I got these scars. Yeah, and yeah. It's different every time. And then uh, <clears throat> you know the origin story of uh, Batman apparently is <laughs> changed. But that's I'm, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because what I liked about this too, and what's different than obviously Batman and Dark Knight and all these other Suicide Squad and stuff is that. 
especially this one, because there's no Batman, this is a story all about Joker. And it's all about this character. And you're kind of given this, the writers and the directors were given this director, were given free reign to kind of do what you want because you just have to worry about this one character. Maybe they said it'd be cool to do this with Bruce Wayne. Maybe they said it would be cool to kind of show a bit of an origin. Who cares? Mm. Because fundamentally the story is about Joker. And he's on screen for 98% of the movie. And that's your anti-hero. And as we were walking out, Joel commented on something and it was that the the audience was fairly um, diverse as far as age went and it was so interesting kind of seeing the reaction from younger kids especially because there are a row of kids in front of us and they were all kind of saying oh that guy he's totally like so-and-so or he's totally reminds me of this person Um, which maybe if you're more cynical it would disturb you but in general I just saw kids that were really engaged by this great performance of this character of this guy who's just kind of like slightly unhinged and yeah. <laughs> well slightly unhinged is pushing it but the other thing that they pulled off that's pretty tr- tough is how do you get an audience watching a movie to side with like a killer psychopath yeah and they f- they found a way to reasonably do it where it was like okay yep and we can talk about that if you want yeah go on say the uh I guess the impetus of the film is that uh, people feel like they're being ripped off and they don't have any avenues of uh, peaceful uh, restitution. And so, like, the entire movement in the city is kind of a reflection of what the Joker has done, which is, like, do something about the fact that there are these super wealthy. It just reminds me, like... I saw like a infographic on the internet today and just the fact that the infographic exists and is being shared by millions of people around the around the world uh says something in itself but it was like a a chart of the, I think the tax rates for Oh, for I saw the same one yeah, just like how it dropped. 1950s and it's high and it's low. Like uh sort of the economy's on a downturn. It's a lot harder to like i guess i guess what i'm saying is like the cost of living is on a rise and wages haven't really gone up to match them and people are feeling that yeah and it's a and it's not necessarily something unique to um joker per se but this idea of that the going back to network the famous uh speech by what's his name like i'm forgetting the actor's name i want to say peck but uh, it's not gregory peck i'm forgetting <laughs> Um, but just talking about like, uh, it's bad out there. We all know it's bad. <laughs> you have your steel radios and your, and your TVs and you just leave me alone. <laughs> but it's like the whole, I'm mad as hell. And that it all comes down to this, just like not being pushed around anymore. And you can interpret this, whatever way you want, but the idea of whether it's negative or positive reasons for doing it, but, um, Joker being made fun of or used to be like as a punching bag for this talk show host and yep. showing up there and just laying, laying into him and then <laughs> shooting him in the head. But, uh, <laughs> and these other people, these protesters who are uh, upset about who knows what money, cops, uh, can't get a girlfriend. Who knows? <laughs> but, I don't know. Yeah. Just this general sense of rage and this explosive anger as a, as an inevitable result of people being squeezed and squeezed and squeezed yeah. until. But it was kind of funny because like you think back to Occupy Wall Street, no one was really sure what the goal was. <clears throat> well, <laughs> right. what's your answer? And it's kind of like this. It's like yeah. there's this like uncontrolled frustration, which um, didn't really have 
doesn't really have an outlet, you know? Exactly. So like, pe- that's why, maybe that's why everybody clapped at the end of that's the movie. That's what I'm saying. So that, that's, feeling it. I'm glad we got back <laughs> to that. So it's like, that's why there was, cl- there was clapping at the end of this movie is because people sympathized with a total anti-hero who just murdered a bunch of people and inspired a bunch of thugs to riot in the streets yeah. um, because he finally had had enough. <laughs> and that <laughs> I think that's what it really, at least my interpretation was, it was it was an example of, or not necessarily a, a hero, but somebody who just did something and stopped yeah. being walked over. He's he's inspired people. <laughs> inspired does not necessarily mean good or bad, folks. It's, it's, yeah. But Joker, do you recommend it, Joel? Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, a quick movie too. Two hours. Yeah. It's not like. Uh, Take, don't take your grandma to see it but I, I think old people may hate this movie I'm not sure although there was those old people walking out doing the impression yeah right as we were walking away we heard a little <laughs> we turned around and there's this 57 year old woman doing the doing the Joker dance I know my mom would hate this movie dad yeah. might like it I don't know o- older don't know. people 100% would hate this movie well that's because they're the boomers that are always yeah. making fun <laughs> of us millennials for being so broke oh, I'm a millennial I keep forgetting <laughs> <laughs> but anyway you should see it we give an endorsement it is not the worst movie ever made if it is that means you had a great reaction to it though and i'm really curious so. and megan is right and megan was right but she's not right so <laughs> anyway i'm jack i'm joel thanks for listening cfru.ca check us out androids dungeon all your favorite podcast services keep listening support the station goodbye <laughs> <laughs>